Today I want to talk about holistic blogging and what led me to create this video is a tweet that I read from Spencer Hawes. So what I'd like to do is take a look at that tweet and see if we can learn anything from it. And then I will continue and describe what holistic blogging means to me. So Spencer Hawes has been a very influential person within the niche blogging community. He has a website called nichepursuits.com, and he also has a YouTube channel by the same name. I'd highly recommend, if you've never seen any of his content or read any of his articles, that you go do that. So Spencer's tweet has garnered quite a bit of attention, including attention from Google. So let's go ahead and see what it says. So Spencer says Google is uh, slowly killing blogging. Uh, blogging used to be about providing off-the-cuff updates, uh, sharing unique perspectives, and interacting with blog comments. So he basically says that the whole premise of the reason we used to blog was to just share um, information with each other. It wasn't these targeted types of posts that we write today. So essentially, blogging has moved in the traditional sense away from websites or blogs into social media like, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, etc. He says there's a real ironic thing going on that after the helpful content update, Reddit is ranking extremely well because people are providing off-the-cuff comments and doing what bloggers used to do. And, you know, that's just very confusing because basically it just sounds like Google wants to kill blogs completely and Reddit users are doing what bloggers used to do. Let's go ahead and see what Google had to say in response. So Google's response to Spencer's tweet was writing about something that's fun or a personal update, that's fine. They don't have any problem with that. Google says that unhelpful content is content that's generally written for search engine rankings, not for a human audience. Their example is, if you wrote 20 fun things you can do today because your primary purpose in doing so is that you wanted to rank well for fun things rather than being something you typically write about, that's a sign you're producing unhelpful content. So what's really ironic is if we just wrote for people and we weren't writing for search engines, none of our content would ever rank. If we don't pick a keyword and we don't do some SEO optimization, uh, it's just very evident that you're not going to get ranked in the SERPs. And so I just find it so ironic that Google writes things like this. It's very counterintuitive to the way that the search engines work, and it's very confusing. And it makes it difficult to know what to do next with your blogs and how to approach writing content. An interesting piece of fallout from this whole thing is how well Reddit is now showing up in the SERPs after the helpful content update. It used to be pretty easy to find a long tail keyword. If you saw Reddit forums, you could bump those particular listings out. If you had a well-written article, either something that's human-written or AI-written, uh, but not anymore. It's becoming harder and harder to bump those Reddit forums out after helpful content update. So if we take all of these things into consideration, what can we do to future-proof our blogs so we don't get hammered by future Google Core updates? That's where I think holistic blogging comes in. So I define holistic blogging as a strategy to use other platforms to drive traffic to your blog and to become less dependent on Google. And while I choose to call this holistic blogging, 
You know, others may call this brand building or treating your blog as a business. Regardless of what you choose to call it, the whole goal is to try to find new ways to drive traffic to your blogs and not be so dependent on Google and hopefully future-proof your blogs against Google updates. For example, let's take YouTube. So my YouTube channel drives a lot of traffic to my blog. In fact, my YouTube channel is second only to Google in driving traffic there. My suggestion is to consider creating a YouTube channel uh, for your blog in 2024. It does a lot of great things. It helps you build community. Uh, it helps you build uh, expertise, authority, and trustworthiness with your audience. You do get this audience of subscribers uh, that you can talk about your blog. You can use the YouTube description area to have links back to your blog. And of course, YouTube is just another great monetization channel for you. So not only do you have YouTube driving some monetization for you, but you have your blog, of course, driving monetization strategies as well. So if you prefer to be anonymous, try podcasting. Podcasting doesn't have as many avenues for monetization as a YouTube channel would, uh, but technically it's a little easier to pull off because you don't have to do any video editing, just, just the audio editing. And the great thing about it is you build a community of listeners around your podcast, which in turn is going to drive traffic back to your blog. So other tools you'll want to consider using are Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of those tools have a low barrier to entry and can be used to build a community and drive more traffic uh, back to your blog. Uh, and in turn, that, that's where you can offer your you know, affiliate offerings or digital courses or uh, whatever uh, it is that you're selling. Or maybe your blog just runs purely by... Uh, ad revenue, and that's fine too. But the key is those those particular things will help you push people back over to your blog and increase your traffic and not be so dependent on Google. So another thing to consider is trying a newsletter. Now, newsletters um, are sort of old school technology, but with the advent of Substack, uh, newsletters again are on the rise. People like them and they like to subscribe to them. So I happen to use ghost.org for my website. Ghost is specifically made as a publishing platform. So uh, you host your website there, but it also makes it really easy to build a mailing list and to send out newsletters. And in fact, Ghost even gives you the capability to do a paid newsletter with a very easy to, to do Stripe integration. So I host my website over on ghost.org. I really like the platform. It's just really easy to use. So Ghost makes it very easy for people to subscribe to your newsletter. So if they're on your blog, they can simply just click a subscribe button and right there, you're all set to go. Now, you could do these kind of integrations with WordPress as well. It would probably take a variety of plugins to do it. You'd need a probably a third-party tool like uh, MailChimp, for example. Uh, but you could do it with a WordPress site as well. But newsletters are just great. It's a great way to build a core group of people that are really interested in hearing what you have to say on a regular basis. And of course, when you send out newsletters, that's where you can also encourage them to check out, uh, you know, the different affiliate offerings that you have as well. So the one great thing about having a YouTube channel, maybe having a, uh, a Twitter account, 
maybe doing Facebook or podcasting or maybe all of them, is you are building up your expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. So, for example, when people go to your About page, you know, not only do they see your bio, they see your email contact information, they see your link to your YouTube channel, you could, they can follow you on Twitter, Instagram, whatever other social media platforms you plan to use. And the thing is, when you go to a business website, that's what you typically see. So you're not looking at a cookie cutter affiliate blog page where all you see is a picture and maybe an email address and that's it. Nothing else supporting the website. I think this sends good signals to Google about uh, your expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. So I'll be the first person to admit that the holistic blogging strategy does have some flaws. I think the main flaw is it's very time-consuming. Time so instead of just working on a blog, looking for keywords, uh, and optimizing content and publishing, now you're doing that and you're also maintaining a YouTube channel, you're creating videos, you're editing videos. Uh, you know, if you have a podcast as well, you'd be editing files for that. The nice thing is there are a lot of ways to reuse content. So for example, this particular video, I can strip the audio out of this and use it as a podcast as well if I wanted to. It doesn't necessarily have to have the visual component with it. You know, those are all things to consider. There are some costs involved if you go down this route and, you know, you start developing content for multiple platforms. You'd have to have some kind of video editor or audio editor for podcasting. And there's some other software involved too. So you have to think about what your time limitations are and whether you can do all of these things. I just think it's a great way to go. I think it's a good strategy. In the near future, I'm going to be talking more about YouTube, more about podcasting, along with uh, blogging content and, you know, the SEO optimization content that I've talked about in the past. I just really want to take this all hands on deck approach so you can make a decision on how you want to approach your blogging, you know, whether you want to continue down the path that you're on now and just continue to work with your niche blog and do that only, or if you want to expand and use some other platforms to try to future-proof yourself against any of the Google Core updates, um, I want to be able to help you do that as well. So until next time, take care.